Puddles in the morning, puddles in the evening, puddles in the afternoon. Well, I'm a puddle boy and she's a puddle girl. The Puddles podcast is starting real soon. Okay. Okay. Welcome to uh, Puddles with Andrew Collin. I'm, I'm uh, Andrew Collin, a.k.a. Puddle Boy, a.k.a. Dry Dick, a.k.a. Poop Hands, a.k.a. Twelve Falls, a.k.a. Old Gray Balls, a.k.a. Tickle Cock, a.k.a. Mice, a.k.a. Garbage Face, a.k.a. TC, a.k.a. It's too many. It's too many. It's just, it's too many nicknames for a grown man. Get out of here. Fucking fiance. All right. I'm about to introduce our guest. Um. This has been very organic so far. Um, <laughs> you can see how much he respects me. You know someone respects you when, you when you set up a time for something and then 10 minutes before they go, hey, can we change that because it doesn't work for me because I just woke up? And the, and the show wasn't at 9 a.m. It was at noon. I gave her ample time. Uh, it's no respect. She would not do that to, uh, I don't know, let's say any other comedian. Um, Actually, can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you, Andrew? I have done that for meetings with production companies. Um, I have a severe problem with sleeping. Would you do that with Michael Che? I have done that to Michael Che. Okay, touche. But also, Michael Che would never, he would never uh, schedule anything for noon. That's very early. First of all, I asked you, I go, I'll do any time you want. Noon is very early. Noon is like, what do I have, six kids? You think I'm up and at them at noon? I'm barely, I'm trying to put my, my synapses are barely firing at noon. Okay, should we wait then? Because are the people no. going to get full rose? No, we're doing it right now. What did you do last night where you slept past 1130? What were you doing last night? Honestly, what did you do last night? Did you write? Did you read? What did you do? TikTok? What did you do? Uh, I watched. Uh, <laughs> I watched a new Mark Ruffalo show on HBO. How many episodes? I watched three episodes back to back. How many? How many episodes are in the show? Six. Are you done with it? No. It's really good. What time did you go to bed? Knowing that you had an important meeting at noon. Did you set your alarm? No. I also, I also had to get, I just thought it would be fine because I, I had to get my puppy to, uh, I had to get her to daycare today. It was her test. She had to do a test to see if she was, um, to see if she was a good girl with other dogs. How did it go? Well, they haven't called me back. So what she's either did, dead or she passed. What time did you bring her in? Uh, 30 minutes past the time she was supposed to be in. Which was at what time? I'm just wondering, because you said you woke 11. up at 11. She was, she was supposed to be up at, she was supposed to be there at 11. I woke up at 11.30. And I just took her over there. And I was like, I'm not going to say anything about it. And we'll just see if they get mad. And you know what? They don't know what's going on either. They didn't get mad. Can I ask you how this privilege feels? 
pretty good. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, it ain't bad. Did you read the book? Uh, by the way, Rosebud Baker's on. You could find her on Comedy Central, and she's Andy Haynes' fiance. Um, okay. That's, first of all, that's his credit. All right? Let's just get that fucking straight. <laughs> you might know her from Andy Haynes' Instagram. <laughs> oh, please. You are fucking sick. What is that? Is that an old mic from the 1950s? <laughs> doo-wop, doo-wop, <laughs> doo-wop. Are you about to scat at me? Get scat, skitty scoo skitty scat, skitty scoo scoo <laughs> We all know that one, everybody. Skitty scat, scat, scooty scoo, skitty scat. That's my favorite song. Favorite song, hands down. Hands down, Andrew Collins, skitty scat, scooty scoo. I love the guy that like thought of sc uh, scatting because he's like, okay, I'm not the best writer, uh, but I could. <laughs> he's like the act out of musicians. He's the LA comic of singers or whatever. Yeah, he's just like, yeah. He's like, okay, I got this idea. It's like skid scat, skitty scat, 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 skitty scat. Well, why don't you just <laughs> leave it at that? What if it was just a guy who actually had the best lyrics ever, but he couldn't remember any of them? <laughs> So he just, <laughs> one day on stage, <laughs> he was just trying to remember the lyrics and he couldn't. So he just, <laughs> he just went, doop-a-doop-doop-doop, And then everybody was like, that's great. And he was like, yeah, I know, I did it on purpose. <laughs> he's like, he's like, look, I'm not bringing my freaking, I'm not bringing the lyrics on stage. I'm gonna, I know my lyrics. I know my lyrics. I've been Get, put the paper away. <laughs> I don't need Scooby the paper. <laughs> All right, that's just one show. Next show, I'll give you the lyrics. Sorry about that. No, <laughs> we don't want the lyrics. Your lyrics suck. Oh man, there's some. There are songs that like. The only reason why they're good is because people can memorize them. Like it has nothing to do with the song. Yeah, I mean. um I can't think of one because I'm not good at remembering. So, I mean, I, every hip hop song that I know is basically me scatting. To well, like every, yeah, I mean, that's the, the hook, right? The hook yeah. is, that's all that matters. Every pop song, baby, you're a firework. Yeah, you know. that's all you need to know. You don't need to, who gives a shit what they're saying in the rest of it? We're all What's Katy Perry gonna teach me? I don't know. I mean, every, that I didn't every, learn in kindergarten. Have you ever listened to a song and be honest and, and you go and halfway through, it's like a motivating song. Yeah. And you're like, you know, I, I see, I see myself differently now that I listen to these lyrics. Are you asking me to think of a song that does that to me? One, either think of a song or two, does that happen to you often? Cause I don't know if it's ever happened to me where I'll listen to a song and it will change my perspective or outlook. I wish it did, but I hmm. kind of. I don't know. I don't think a song, I mean, it'll change my perspective for the time that I'm listening to it. And then the second the song is over, I'm like back to being myself. And I'm like, this sucks. It's the same thing with podcasts. It's like, man, I'm glad I took in that info from the daily. I'm going to take this and tomorrow I'm going to take gonna this be on the road. 
<laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna take this around, take it to parties, tell people about it. That's the thing. I don't think anybody who's ever watched or like, it's like every time I read a book, is it possible for me to read a book without telling people I'm reading it? No, absolutely not. I can't, I cannot read a book without telling every single person about it because I'm so proud of myself for reading it. How many things, how much do you think you retain from reading a book? Like, do you think that as adults, we have an obligation to ourselves to, to set up a little test at the end of every book? So then we actually hmm. remember five things. Cause the only way I remember anything for jeopardy, any kind of word, any kind of definition, any kind of multiplication is from when I was 18 or younger. Yeah. I don't even know if I remember anything like that because I don't have, I, I try to, people are like, Hey, remember when you were in fifth grade? And I'm like, absolutely not. I don't remember a goddamn thing from my childhood. Like you would think I was molested. I can't remember anything from my childhood. But you did block out. I mean, you had some traumatic experiences as a kid. Um, For sure. But I mean, not enough to not remember like a school play or something. Like the shit that I do remember is so weird that I'm like, why that? Why do I remember that? Like, I remember asking my dad when he knew he was ready to have kids and him just looking off into the distance with this glazed over look in his eyes and being like, you're never ready. And he just stared into the highway. And I remember just sort of taking that in and being like, Jesus. But that's all I, I can't really remember other moments. Like that's the only thing moments. you remember? It's interesting yeah. because like, first of all, did you live by a highway? Like where, 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 what highway was this? I don't remember. I was just in the car with him when I asked him that. <laughs> And he just, I remember thinking, is he going to drive off the highway? Because he, he just had this like monotone, just Southern drawl where he, he just gazed off into the distance as if he could drive into another life. <laughs> I, remember, I remember my parents when they were going through the divorce and it was getting, it was an ugly divorce. Like we all have whatever, blah, 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 white privilege, divorce, divorce. I'm so sad. Um, but, uh, <laughs> scoop, divorced parents, wah, 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 I'm a Jew, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but I remember my dad and I swear he didn't drink a lot, but I'm telling you, the guy was hammered and he'll probably not like this story. And I remember him driving like a hundred miles per hour, passing cars. I don't even know. Maybe we were going to pick up ribs. I don't remember where we were yeah. going, but, I, but. And then part of me thinks, well, did that happen? Or did I just imagine him being psychotic? You know, because he wouldn't, he wouldn't agree to that. You know, he wouldn't I don't, say that's hey. the thing. Of course, a parent's not going to agree to that. And of course, a kid is going to be like, did I imagine that? Because the thing is, nobody wants to imagine their parents being psychotic. But the truth is, your parents are just people that had kids. So of course, they are psychotic. Like, you have to be psychotic to have a kid. You have to be on some level just, like, ready to just hand your life over to, like, somebody else. Which is, you know, it's a, I, I know it's a gift. I know everybody that has kids is, like, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. But it's also the worst thing that's ever going to happen to you. You know? I, yeah, I mean, I'm here. I'm at my brother's right now. Living complete. Yeah. 
um, suburban lifestyle. He has th three nephews. I love them to death. And I honestly think I would die for them. And I know that sounds like a cliche thing, not like of a bullet or anything. Cause that's like a little traumatic, but you know, like a slow death that they don't get. And I die around 95. Like, you know, if, something. like if you had the option to like take cancer instead of them, you'd take the cancer so that they didn't get it. Yeah. But I didn't die from the cancer within like 10 years. Like it kept, it came back. Like okay, well, there's too many, first of all, there's too many <laughs> conditions around this. You're not going to die for these kids. You're already, this is a completely imaginary scenario and you're already trying to draw lines around it. So, so that's out the window. You would not die for these kids. I would die for these kids when they're 65 and I'm 110 and I'm just. And you're slow. already in so much pain that you're ready to go. Got it. Okay. If you wheel so selfless my... of you. <laughs> if you wheel my bed. In front of the bullet, when I'm 105, I will die for these kids. Point being is I could play Legos with them tops 20 minutes before I lose my mind. Yeah. Because my interests don't align with them. And I'm not going to change my interests. I'm not going to pretend to love Legos. So then yeah. they love me. I can't. Yeah. No, I, I don't blame you for that at all. Not even a little bit. I, I can't stand hanging out with kids. They tell the worst stories. It's awful. Their stories go everywhere. It's just like, what? Get to the fucking point. <laughs> Cut the fat. I can't stand listening to a kid tell a story. I used to be a nanny. I'd be like, wrap it up. Yeah, as a nanny, I mean, that, that would scare the shit. That would scare me even more. Than, like, you're in charge of this kid breathing like how old were the kids uh one of them was like a baby like a baby baby and the other one and i loved him he was a sweetheart uh the other ones were six and eight what did you which are what, shitty ages any absurd stories from the kids where like if the parents knew what you were actually doing you would have been fired or maybe thrown in jail like do you have any stories of like when you really mm. fucked up because i fucked up a lot with dogs but they're dogs you know yeah like one time i, I was walking two dogs and the leash wasn't put on correctly and i walked with his the the other dog for a good block and a half before i realized the other <laughs> the other dog and still and this is in new york so we're not on a side road here we're right we're on You're the like west side in highway. manhattan yeah, yeah. yeah um that's fucking hysterical and i'm I, running back yeah yeah i don't think so i think like most of the time i was pretty good about like watching them um i mean there were times when i was like i i feel like the stuff that i would talk to them about was probably like because i'll talk to a kid like it's an adult um, which is, I think, part of the appeal for the kid, not for the parent who's hiring me, but for the kid, for sure. But we'll have, like, intelligent adult conversations about how to fart silently so that uh, somebody else gets blamed. Like, I, you, I remember having... Can you go through like that, that with me? Because I still haven't learned it. Uh, yeah, I, I remember talking to this the little kid that I was nannying, and I was like, and he farted, and I was like, that's disgusting. And he was like, what? And I was like, you farted. And I was, he was like, no, I didn't. And I was like, you did fart. I heard it. You heard it. 
It's just us two here. You know you farted. Own up to it. If you're going to fart in public, just tell people you did it. And then laugh it off. I was like, you're going to, you'll walk away with dignity. And then I said, but if you need to fart silently, you can fart inside your butt. And he was like, what? And I was like, yep, you just hold it in and it, the bubbles will go up. They'll just come up and out of your mouth. You just burp. Okay, that is not a scientific fact. That's science. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> wait, go, wait. So do you ever fart or do you just hold it and then it goes away? Is that what you're you can saying? You hold it in, you hold it in, and then you, you, you tighten your abs and you go like this. And then you burp. Does it smell when you burp like a fart? Is it the actual fart? It doesn't smell like, like a fart when you burp. No, it's not yeah. passing through your intestine. By the way, when you put these masks on your face and you smell your own breath. That was the worst part of wearing a mask for the first <laughs> month. I was like, how long have I been walking around with the smell of dog shit coming out of my fucking face? Like, Dude, I, it, it, was, it was an awakening for me. Like, if the pandemic didn't kill me, my own breath was going to do it. And I, I feel much better now. I've gotten – I'm like, okay, my, my fucking dental hygiene has been killing it during the pandemic. Because of this. Because it finally, like, it brought it to life. Your whole life you've been living, like, this, this silent mouth kind of thing. Like, no one knows about it. No one knows how bad it smells. It's just – you know, and now yeah. it, it's, 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 it's bad. It is bad. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that I've ever been laid with my, my mouth smells worse than a fucking donkey's rabid fucking chlamydia dick. It's so bad. It's what? so bad. Donkeys don't have chlamydia. I mean... I know that's not the point of what you were saying, and I'm sorry. <laughs> and why don't donkeys have chlamydia? Donkeys get STDs. Animals get STDs all the time. No, you know what? Koalas get chlamydia. Donkeys don't have it. Koalas have it. What kind of freaking whore, excuse my French, knows STDs for every animal? Because when, I, because the, uh, <laughs> when the fires happened in Australia, I was like, it's probably all that goddamn chlamydia probably scratching themselves against the trees caused a fire. And because there's no fires where donkeys are, that's your logic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scientifically, you have no idea. You know what? It's ironclad. My logic is ironclad. Because I'm it so, makes sense have to you ever, me. Have you ever hooked up with someone? You're like, yeah, that's an STD and my life's over. And I went to a doctor and realized it's an ingrown hair or found out uh no i don't um i actually don't like hook up with that many people anymore anymore i mean <laughs> even when i was uh even when i was single i wasn't really hooking up with that many people i, I sort of like cycle through the old ones rather than yeah. meet a new friend <laughs> yeah but then the old one, i love when girls girls always have this theory like oh if i fucking ex I'm I'm golden. I this pussy will never get a disease. Well, no, you use a condom. I I've, I remember you telling me many times that you 
don't wear con you don't use condoms many times you've told me this many times you bring it up more than you bring up donkey chlamydia. I'll tell you that. Yeah, well, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. So I wasn't the best about it, but I, I've never been worried. <laughs> you feel like as of that you got engaged that you got, you got My a fiance's in the house right now. We got a, <laughs> my fiance's like sitting in basically the same room. You don't want to talk about raw dog in it with rain. <laughs> you think that will ruin your white dress? He's going to listen to this while he's out on the road in our car. He's going to listen to this and he's going to drive our car into a tree. If he hears, if he hears anything, he's going to be like, this fucking whore. And he's just going to drive the fucking car. Just like your dad did. Just right into the yes. highway. Yes. He's not even going to take kids. It's just going to take you, listening to his fiance on a podcast. You, um, you kind of went, you did the reverse what I did. You went to L, you started quarantine in LA mm-hmm. in like the suburbs, I guess, pretty much like a nice little house Echo away Park. from people pretty much. Yeah. I mean, you weren't forced to be around anyone, right? No. I mean, nobody is in LA though, unless you're in like West Hollywood. Yeah, so but my point being is now you went from there to New York. Why did you go back to the city? Do you are you glad you made that decision? And uh Yeah. I am glad I made that decision. I'm for sure glad I made that decision because here's the thing. It's like it's one thing to be stuck in your home during a pandemic, but it's another thing to be stuck in somebody else's home where you can't like you know, you can't like change things around like you can't move anything because it's not yours. You just like, I was like, it felt, uh, it was like another level of being like displaced. So I, I just sort of, and also LA, when you're not, um, LA's so nice, but when you're there and you have nothing to do, it's hell. It's fucking hell. Like you are, you feel more isolated than you do in New York. Even if I'm, at least if, if somebody dies in New York, right? Um, I, I'll know that it happened. I can smell it. But if somebody dies in LA, if a neighbor dies in LA, I won't know for months. Months. So, so in a way, you're less lonely. I mean, it's, you're still surrounded by death, but you're less lonely. You know, you should be a real estate makes... agent. I mean, yeah. it kind of, it kind of makes sense. Like, cause you feel connected. You feel like you're, yeah. you, that you're in this together with other people that yeah. there's a, a level of like community, even though no one talks to each other, but yeah. um, I mean, you moved back like right before the protest started happening. Did you protest? Yeah. How did that feel? Like, because you see so much shit on the news. I know people are like, oh, they're showing on the news is white versus black, police beating up, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, what, what, uh, how did it feel being in the middle of it? The protests that I have, that I went to were really peaceful. Um, they were really peaceful protests. The cops were over on the side. They, it was like really peaceful. Um, I know that people, uh, 
like focused more on the the parts of it that were bad um and the parts of it that were violent and um but I don't that wasn't my experience of it it was the parts that I went to were very the protests that I went to were really peaceful and um I did I did sort of go like I missed the part of the protests where everybody was like fighting with the cops like I was here when the looting was like starting and then um I didn't I was like I'm not going down for that but like uh but once the uh once things kind of calmed down I was like okay now I can I feel like I can show up and like be at the protest I was more about when the cops were like throwing tear gas and shit I was like I'll give money that's what I did I just put like me and Andy have a podcast and we put all of our patreon money towards blm and we were like we'll do that and then we started going to the protests um this week like earlier this week we started going and it's been really peaceful and not antagonistic i like the people that are uh the looters all come and get like all the good shit and then you go like two weeks later and you're like hmm Oh, a belt. Let me tell you something. These protesters look fucking good. They look fucking good. There's definitely people that put on protest outfits like they're going to Coachella. Um, Not that I noticed. There was one, I mean, there's always like somebody who's like crazy at a protest. You know, there was like a guy dressed up in a clown costume. My point Um, being is, is like they match... Like, you still want to look stylish while overthrowing the government. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. And you should. You should look fabulous. Absolutely. How how many people do you think got laid after, like, met someone at a protest? You you know, that's going to be a lot of people's, like, origin story. Like, we were fighting the rights. We also didn't leave our apartments for six months. So we were really horny. Yeah. uh, Horned up. I mean, there was a lot of built-up cum out there ready to explode oh yeah i mean i gotta say the uh the amount of like um just like pent up rage um and i'm not i'm not discounting anything that like obviously this is all based in fucking years and years and years of uh police brutality but on top of that and somebody was talking about this on um whitney cummings podcast that it took all of that and a pandemic um, for people to start paying attention again, you know? And I think like people were comparing it to the civil rights era. And I was like, this is going to go on so much longer than that because nobody's come for weeks. Nobody has come for months. It's going to go on. People are ready. Like, like during the civil rights era, everyone was fucking all the time constantly nobody's fucking right now all we have is just like let's fucking go so it's gonna i think it's good for it i think it's good for the movement yeah for sure i mean it keeps you laser focused i mean it's like anything it's like you're gonna be better on a test if you don't come because you're gonna well actually hmm. well boxers it's like boxers don't they try not to come before a fucking match 
right? So, so they get calm like during you it. You hold on, you harness your chi. <laughs> I, I felt like, uh, it was funny because I spent the first three months in Brooklyn during the quarantine when it was really sh- pretty shitty. And then, uh, and everyone was on edge. And yeah. then I went out to the Hamptons and it couldn't be any farther from that. Um, people literally were acting like, uh, it's not that it doesn't, doesn't exist. It's just like, you don't feel that level of anxiety every time you leave the fucking house. Like, I yeah. mean, and, and now I'm, I'm out my brothers in Connecticut and, you know, people have masks, but you know, they just, it doesn't feel like COVID is here. Like it just doesn't feel like it's a real thing. It's like when you're in a first class seat on an airplane, you don't think you're going to crash. Yeah. You know, it's like, as long as that divider is closed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can you close the divider? Uh, I just don't want to see like, those people are making me feel like we're going to go down. I don't even care if I go down, if I'm in, I, I laid down on one plane, like in for and Nikki one time got me, I think on accident, um, a good seat. Mm-hmm. Usually she puts me in the middle and I know she's always like, well, I bought it late. I was like, oh, did you buy it late? Or did you put it <laughs> in the middle? You're like, you call ahead. It's like, hey, Delta, do you have any two fat people sitting by each other with a uh, limited space in the middle? Oh, I'll pay more for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but one time I got like business class and I laid down and there was turbulence and I didn't give a fuck it's it's so funny like this to this is all it takes to feel like a king you know yeah yeah I know I know man it's like um it really is uh anybody who's saying that privilege isn't a thing I'm like, go take a bumpy ass plane ride in a first class seat. Just let me know. Let me know if you feel like you're at risk. You know? I know, but then you feel, I do feel guilty at times. And then at other times, you know, with anything, it's like when people are all doing jokes about Trump or talking about politics, the last thing I want to do is that because I just want to be like some kind of comic relief for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I think there's a place for, I think there's a place for all of it. I don't think like, I don't think you have to be that kind of comic that's like speaking truth to power. I don't think you have to be the kind of comic that's like doing act out. It's like, there's a place for all of it. I think people want to hear all of it. Um, And there's an audience for There's Bob Dylan and there's the scat guy. Yeah. The scat guy who forgot all the lyrics. (laughs) That actually was a better writer than Bob Dylan. Yeah, exactly. And a better singer, but you'd never know. Well, I was talking to Nikki about this, and and I mean, I, I, it's a, now it would be a common thread because it's back to back. I mean, I'm sure people are going to lose their mind that I'm bringing it up again. But uh, Kat Cohen got in trouble for a video, mm-hmm. and then people <laughs> all went after that she had a rich dad. Like that, like people were just waiting for her to fuck up to say that she has a rich dad. It's like, uh, fuck you for that video and fuck you for having any kind of wealth in your family. Yeah, and, uh, I, I don't, here's the thing. I don't, um, there's nothing fucking wrong with that. 
and I don't, uh, I don't hold that against anybody. Like it would be stupid for me to do that anyway, because I have a rich dad. But I also like, um, I don't think that's really what they were reacting to. I think they were reacting to the fact that if you're going to satirize something, by satirizing it, you're trying to remove yourself from it. But you're satirizing yourself. So there's something about that to people that feels dishonest. It's like you are trying to bypass the fact that you are you are what you're making fun of. And by making fun of it, you're trying to distance yourself from it by being like, I'm not this. But that is what you are. So it's kind of like, there's something about it that feels a little inauthentic. And I, so I, you know, while people were like criticizing the, and being like, oh, you got a rich dad, you shouldn't be doing comedy. I'm like, that's not, that's not really what you're saying, but you're not saying it the right way, you know? Um, Cause like somebody, I think it was Simon, Simon Gibson was tweeted out. He was like, uh, if you're a comedian with a rich dad, um, like comment below and I'll tell you why you should quit. And I wrote, I think I speak for all of us when I say we already know. Like, it's like if you grew up with a rich dad, you already know you should quit comedy. You don't need, no, I'm not gonna listen to a comic tell me that. I'll listen to my dad tell me that because he's got money. But like, <laughs> It's so true, it's so true. It's like- Like if my dad offered me a job, I, for sure, yeah, I'll walk into a fucking cushy job. My dad would never do that because I'm out of the will. But I think it's, <laughs> I'm like, we don't need to hear that from another comic, you know? And, you know, for a while, I would be like, if I heard, well, you have a rich dad. And I know this sounds so funny, just saying you have a like rich dad. It's like the most privileged, like just word. Well, and also if- it's like, you're in your 40s. Like, it's like, who I'm gives 40. a shit what your dad? I'm forty. Yeah, who cares what your dad did? Like you're a grown man. It doesn't matter what your dad did anymore. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't know. I could argue that the older you get, it does matter what your dad did because you're closer to getting the actual money from when he dies. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, <laughs> and my dad would take a bullet for me for sure. Uh, yeah. No, but. I used to react, I'd be like, well, I was a dog walker for eight years and I did this myself and I fucking, I worked in grilled cheese and I, and I was, and then now I'm I like, I worked oh. in grilled cheese. <laughs> I could step back and go, I also had privilege. Like you could, it could be both. Like, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay yeah. to say both. Like I worked hard, yeah. but I also, if things didn't work out, I wouldn't be on the street. And that's the difference. But there is a lot of like comics that like are just like they're only successful because of their rich dad. It's like maybe they're successful because you know their dad didn't come from a rich dad. But there is a lot of like comics that like are just like they're only successful because of their rich dad. It's like maybe they're successful because you know their dad didn't come from a rich dad, but their rich dad worked really hard and was really smart and has good genetics, and then it's passed down to maybe their yeah. brain might be a well, good brain. Like, how is it that, okay, my rich Also, my dad dad's a doctor. It's not like my dad's a, like, a trust, he like worked, you know, yeah. 20 years to be, and 
is an oncologist where he just sees people die all the time. What a yeah. What a spoiled bitch. <laughs> I think um, I think of it as like it's it doesn't make sense either. It's like oh, the only reason they've made it is because they're rich. They have a rich dad. It's like um, I mean. Also, this is coming from, I don't have a relationship with my dad. Like, I, I haven't spoken to him in a year and a half now. And this isn't the first time this has happened. We'll just go for years without speaking to one another. So I don't have access to any help from him, you know? Like, I'm trying to get married, and I'm like, God, it'd be great to be able to, like, you know, text my dad and be like, can you help pay for the wedding? But instead, I'm going to get married at City Hall and I'm going to have to fucking bring everybody to Littlefield and there's going to be a, a cake that a friend made. You know, it's like, I'm going to get married like like someone in a... It's just like, this is not what um, I pictured my wedding was going to be because I thought, well, my dad will pay for it growing up. But I don't want any of that money and I don't want... Because it's all so... I don't know if you have this, but uh, it's very conditional. Like if I ask for money, it's the conditions that I have to like pay back. I just don't, I'm like, no, thanks. I don't, I, I don't respond well to people telling me what to do. So, and that's why my dad and I don't get along. So I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I had a rich dad. I don't, uh, he's never helped me. So I, I can't like, I can't say that I feel super privileged. I know I had a privileged childhood, but my, my adulthood hasn't felt that way. There's been instances where my dad has definitely given me, like, if I had to move, like when I decided to come to New York the first time, he gave me a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference, you know, like just that, yeah. like, like here's four grand to pay for your first month's rent and some food to, you know, get going. And then I slept on a couch and worked at a grilled cheese and I would wear my grilled cheese uniform to open mics So people didn't think I had a rich dad. So there's like this thing in comedy where it's like, if you're good looking or if you come from money, it's like, you have to hide both. Because all a lot of open micers are like, you know, ugly poor people. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so funny to me. Like when I saw that, <laughs> I was like, I saw that happening, and I was like, I'm just gonna talk about the fact that I came from money. Such I'm a smarter move. It's start such a better, like yeah, owning it and being like, yeah, well, this is how it is. This is where I came from, and here I am now, and. uh yeah, I'm disappointed too. You know, like <laughs> Dude, if I if I couldn't do Excel, do you understand? Like, if I had the brain to put together a deal or a business, how great that would be for me, and I'd be a, yeah killing it. But my brain, I can't sit down for three seconds. I can't. I can't do Excel. I don't know. Um, you know, a debt equity. You know, my brother talks. Yeah. I don't know one word he says. For That's he the thing. Talk- I'm like, listen, rich kids don't want to be here any more than you want <laughs> us here. We're just stupid. Like, we don't have the skill set to be 
in the workforce. Okay. So sorry. <laughs> sorry. We, we know sorry, I was better. given everything. So now I can't learn something. Now I have no skill set. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, um, not sorry. Speaking yeah. of uh, your shirt, it's funny because I'm like out here and, you know, during, you know, all this, you know. Speaking uh, of your shirt, there's been no mention of it yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> there was, I think, before. <laughs> I love that. Before the podcast. Speaking started. of Clementines. Speaking okay. of donkey chlamydia. Um, yeah. Uh, no, but like, so your shirt says kale, which is like a, like a playoff Yale, I assume, or maybe yeah, not at all. Yeah, it's from my sister. Um, I think, I think it is. It's interesting because, you know, I'm out here uh, at my brother's in um, a very fancy part of Connecticut, probably like the farthest removed place you can be from police brutality. And like my brother the other day, his kid uh, fell sick and uh, fell sick. I sound like I'm in like the Oregon <laughs> Trail. He fell ill with the flu. The and Spanish flu. They called the cops and or the ambulance for the kid and mm -hmm. uh, the, the cops and the ambulance were here in literally two minutes. Yeah. And, and that there's, that's the rub right there. Like, Oh, you need help. We're here. We're here. We got you. And, um, yeah. um, so anyways, I couldn't be farther away from like the protest and everything. And, you know, they had a dinner party the other night and, you know, people are talking about, you know, police brutality and there's just a, uh, like, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with this other than, uh, anyways, back, oh yeah, back to your shirt. So we were, there was a discussion a little bit about like, you know, taking down those statues, the Confederate statues and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then they wanted to change the name to Calhoun. Uh, and, and then one of them brought up, you know, Yale, the guy that started Yale was a huge slave trader. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I feel like, because what Yale is and the name Yale, you can't change. They'll change everything except for Yale. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's uh, such a, yeah. I don't think it's like, that's the thing. It's like, that tends to be the perspective. It's like, it's always about, it's about money more than progress. So it's like, you have to like fuck with their money for people to be willing to make a progressive or take a progressive stance on something. And it's like, if the name Yale started to be synonymous with what it actually is synonymous with, um, and it's synonymous with both. It's like a huge school, but it's also a guy who was like a slave trader. And um, I think once people start like, once the awareness starts spreading of that, then if that threatens their money, then they'll change it. But it's not actually coming from a place of like, of like progress. It's not actually coming from a place of looking out for people. And that to me is like, when I've been watching all of this go down, I'm like, that's the thing that pisses me off the most. Cause it's like, it's so fucking easy for you to just make a move and change something and take a stance that, that I don't understand how it's controversial, but you could just do that and people would fucking get behind you. 
you know? I mean, obviously, like, some people wouldn't, but those people are becoming less and less um, kind of necessary Yeah. in, like, to even consider because they're so far behind uh, in terms of, like, spiritual evolution of, like, humanity that I'm like, fuck those people. Just yeah, change it. I don't see Yale's admissions going down they wouldn't at all well they wouldn't go down if they the name was changed either and they'd probably go it's like when nike decided to back kaepernick there was definitely there was definitely nerds typing in the excel like who will we lose who will we gain like don't act like nike making that decision wasn't also a money you know i'm not saying you i'm saying like it definitely was a money decision as well when when companies decide to do this um so if Yale changed its name to like, I don't know, little little Harvard, Kaepernick, they just changed it to Kaepernick. <laughs> um, no, Kaepernick I don't know. University. I, I, <laughs> oh yes, like, the Ivy League. Yes, yes. I'm I, going to Kaepernick this year. Yeah, I I love like. But I can you pick just, and like, choose your that. slave traders? That's what I'm asking. Like, can you pick? Like, okay, we're going to take down this guy, but this guy did more positive thing. You know, like, when does it, what, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the cutoff is, how many, you know, what you, the history is. I don't is think of, there is a cutoff. I think it's just like, and I don't really understand the question because it's, you know. Well, okay, my point is, like, okay, so you'll take down the Calhoun, right? Because he's just, he's, he's not the name of the school it's like the calhoun school of business you could just change that real quick because it's not as big of a name but yale you can't change because it is so fundamentally sound and such a strong name and so popular but see i don't think i think you can i think that the school is like the school is not just the name like the school is, it's still going to be a school that is known for um, students who excel and students who, it's an, it's still an Ivy League school if you change the fucking name. So I don't think, um, yeah. I, I, oh God, my printer just started working and I forgot it was wireless. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, yeah. So I think it doesn't matter. I think you can, I don't think there's like a cap on progress i think you can just keep going and i don't see it's almost like i know some people are like afraid of that where they're like you could just keep going and then you go well how well why wouldn't we keep going why do people talk about that like it's a bad thing i'm not yeah no and i and i'm I'm just passionate about this but it's like why what kind of person just goes let's say you're in therapy right and you and you get past your body issues and you get past your relationship issues and then all of a sudden you have a chance to uh to heal your issues with success right with like money and success are you just going to go eh let's put a cap on this let's stop here you know like it doesn't make any sense on any level to me to be like oh let's uh let's stop we've made some progress let's stop I, it doesn't it doesn't check out to me. And I, I don't, 
quite understand people who who go, all right, that's a little too much progress. Like, it just doesn't, I'm not going to get to a certain point in my career and be like, that's enough progress, you yes. know? I know. Um, it's just, it's, um, and it's also, yeah. it's funny because white people are never, ever doing that with their own success. So why do we do it with others? Like, why do we do it with other people's progress? You know, and I, I think that is something that like every one of us has to like look into because I, I think it's built into our, um, I, I think we're born into it. It's like this kind of, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you just get messages from wherever and you start to pick up on those messages and they become part of your belief system. And I think we all kind of are responsible for like looking at not to sound like the black and white video, but we're all responsible for looking at our, the ways in which racism has affected our own belief systems. You know, uh, sorry, I don't mean to be this, none of this is funny, but. No, 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 no. I, 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 I see, I, I'd be the first to, like where I grew up, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 40 years old. It's not, and it still goes on. Like where I literally grew up, there's a black part of town and there's a white part of town. And there was, a, you know, those streets in black part of town that you don't want to go down. And you've been told that since you were eight years old. So then you start thinking, okay, I can't go down there. That's where the boogeyman, like literally that's how it starts. Because then they're like, oh, don't go down Avenue D. That's, that's, there's trouble down there. And then you go, so then you start associating that. And then if you never leave that town or if you never, you know, you stay ignorant and that's how you view it. And you're just afraid because you never go down there to talk to someone and realize, oh, it's not nearly as bad as, as people. Yeah. And it's like, here's the thing. It's so, it doesn't feel good to talk about it. It doesn't feel good to like, remember it. Um, and it doesn't feel like, it's not something you can say and be proud of. Um, but I think, and I don't think anybody's going to like pat you on the back for, for even doing that kind of like work where you're like looking at, okay, here's, here's where it started and here's how it's still affecting me. Um, nobody's going to like hug you or be like, congratulations. Oh no. But, uh, yeah, I, think, yeah, but yeah. I think it's still important to like do it. Because you can't, I think the reason all this is happening right now is because people have been waking up on an individual level to this stuff for a long time. And now it reaches this point of critical mass where enough people have woken up to what's going on where, yeah, it's like exploded. And so, you know, when people go, oh, if you want to change the world, you should change yourself. And it's like, that sounds like such a, such a, uh, cliche thing to say but it really really does work that way because if you start to wake up and enough people do it you're you're going to reach a point where change is like possible so i know um, it's, uh, i had a conversation with my mom and our my uncle he's a he does real estate in chicago mm -hmm. and his he had two shopping centers looted like mm -hmm. destroyed and my mom's like, your, your uncle's, you know, shopping centers were looted. 
can you believe that? And I'm like, um, and then, oh, so then my uncle tried to do like a, uh, a thing for the new, uh, whatever, like a news story. Mm-hmm. And someone tried to steal the newsman's camera while they were filming, like in front of the shopping center. Like, hey, my shopping center got looted. Also, real time, like, here's a camera being stolen. So anyways, that right. happened. And then my mom's like, you know, all life matters, you know? And I, you know, I didn't get mad at her. She just watches the news. And I've, because of like the little bit that I've learned, I was able to write like a long little paragraph of like, why it's black lives, why the looting isn't as important as, you know, dead black people in the street, you know, why like, this is a cause based. And these are all things that I learned. But then I told my mom, and it's like, okay, that's a win. Like these little things, those add up. And I, yeah, and it, it feels it kind of feels shitty because it's like, I don't want to be like, you know, my mom's, she's so close minded because that's that, because I think that's what ends up happening because people don't want to have these discussions because they don't want to admit that their own parents might not understand things because you look up to these parents your whole life that they have all the answers. Right. And, it's and, like, if you can't, if you can't just like accept with some level of grace that racism is alive and well um that white supremacy is alive and well within your own family within your own system of thinking if you can't accept that with some level of grace there's no way that any sort of progress is going to happen you can't make any changes because you can't even accept it's like if i when i got sober first i if I wanted to get sober, first I had to admit I was an alcoholic. Then I had to admit to myself all the ways in which my behavior had hurt and and damaged relationships with others and my own ability to function in my everyday life. You know, so it, it's kind of a reparenting that's going on. Like you, you kind of have to re. Uh, rewire your own fucking brain and i think that's what i I see that happening more and more on like with my friends where they're talking to their families and it's like no you can't change them but you can i mean even if you can't change their mind you can at least acknowledge how their beliefs have shaped yours because you got to think about it like since you were a baby that's who was taking care of you so if they're if that's the way they look at things, how are you looking at things? And, you know, you just kind of go from there. It's not, uh, it doesn't happen in a day, but it can happen very quickly once you are willing to do the work. So a a lot of things are definitely changing already for the good. Um, but I, I, you know, part of me, I was reading this John Stewart New York Times article, and I understood maybe five percent of what he said. But um, <laughs> I was like, when did he talk with such big words? But um, you know, I wish there was a um, like a translator for dumb people that you could put not like a different language, <laughs> but I could put like a paragraph, you know, of like yeah something I really want to understand. But yeah, the more I read it, the less I understand, you know what I'm talking about? Like when you look up, yeah. a, like what, ha- oh wait, what happened here? And you read more and you're like, uh, this is, 
this is yeah. way, I'm way worse now. <laughs> I, I, I... <laughs> like, now I really don't know what the fuck's going on. Dude, that's not a bad app. The dumb person app for... It's like the New York Times for idiots. Yeah, the New Yorker for morons. Yeah. You yeah. Just, you type in, you know, a big word and then they go, look, whatever. Like, they just make it pretty easy English, you know? So anyways, yeah. but he was, he, was, he was talking about how, like, so much of, like, the police brutality and all that is, like, just an, a symptom of, like, the main thing is like, you know, wealth in this country is like so fucking dis dis uh whatever, disproportionate. The wealth gap, yeah. The wealth gap and that unless you know, when people are like, You can't defund the police, defund everyone like literally thinks like they think to take away all the money from the police, as opposed to just reallocating it so they don't have a Lamborghini police car. So then a school has, you know, nicer chairs and maybe yeah. a nicer computer system. Yeah. And uh but he's like, unless you fix that, the other stuff like the police are just yeah. So I don't know. That's what I got from it. (laughs) I think you just I think you just became your own app. I think you just pretty much described it to dumb people. That's pretty good. You know what you should do is create an app where you read the New York Times and then you tell people what the articles were about. That's what needs to happen. That's a, not a bad, that's a great idea for a, a mini podcast where yeah. Andrew describes the New York Times. Look, okay. So, you okay. Have, like, so here's what happened, I think. <laughs> um, so John Stewart, he's mad. And he comes on the New York Times and he's like, defund the police. So then the schools get nicer chairs. Because if you get nicer chairs, it's going to make the kids smarter. Because their butts are comfortable. Okay, but you know what? I mean, a if lot of sense. You don't have sense. a comfortable butt, you're not going to learn. <laughs> and I just like, it's pretty much like, that's why we love Trump. <laughs> like, literally, that's like what we just like stumbled on. And that's why we love Trump. Um, so <laughs> You just end it with that. So you're getting liberal messages in all through uh, the fucking article. And then at the end, you go, and that's why we love Trump. So then yeah. you got, then, then you got the right listening, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's just mind control. People sometimes are like, "How do you write jokes?" It's like, "Cause I can't write big words or complicated things, so I write everything simple, which actually really helps joke structure because comedy should be yeah. as simple as possible with as little words as possible." Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like why like like Daniel Simonson who doesn't know English incredibly well is such a good comedian because he describes things in such a way that anyone can understand. Um, well, yeah, his word economy is like automatically better than any other comics because it's English is his second language. So some he's would like, say it's the same for me as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I skinny scat my jokes. All my jokes yeah. are skinny scatted, boy. What, I mean, um, Daniel yeah. Simonson and you are very different. You, you, last time I watched you get on stage, you put a, a six-pack container on your head and you played instruments and literally skitty-scatted through a set and then got off stage. You didn't say one thing 
You did not say a single word, except for this was fun. That was what I remember. <laughs> I, I do believe uh, I, I, did a, I did two jokes at the very end. I, I've been having yeah. a lot of dreams. Speaking of that, I've been having a lot of dreams where I've forgotten all my material and I just, I've bombed more in my sleep than uh, my first four years in college. Like, it's been bad. It's been- That's good. I it's really, I've been having a lot when we go back. But speaking of that, you did a show. Uh, Michael Che put on this this show where in in Long Island City, an outdoor comedy show for about I don't know. It looked like there was like five hundred people there. It's a great yeah. show to if you haven't done comedy in four months to start with. You know, at the highest amount of tension there is um, outside in the back of a pickup yeah. truck when you yeah. haven't been able to write. Like, or well, not to mention, one. I was the only white person on the show, and it was right in the middle of the Black Lives Matter protest. <laughs> there was that, too. So, um, so what's going on through your brain? Because I know what's going on through mine. I'm saying I'm in, Cal- I'm in Florida. That's what I'm writing back to Michael Che, even if I'm I, uh, three minutes away from the thing. I, was, <laughs> I, I immediately was like, yeah, I'll go up. Just, I miss it so much that I was like, there's no way I'm not going up. And, um, I, and then the second thought was they're going to fucking hate me. Uh, because it's like a white woman getting on stage in the middle of this black lives matter, like movement right at the height of it. And, um, for me, I'd be worried about even what my outfit choice was. Like, cause I don't want to look too white, but I also don't want to look too, uh, like I'm trying to be an ally, like so much. So I, I didn't think, I didn't even think about that. I just thought it's my face is going to be a problem. <laughs> so I got on stage and the first thing I said was, um, what if I just called the cops on all of you for being here? <laughs> and, uh, and that got a laugh. Thank God. Um, thank God that got a laugh. Uh, and then I went, and then I just did my jokes. And at one point, you know, it's like they, they, they go away. Like you forget your jokes. And I, so I was on stage and I, they, my jokes kind of like left my mind. Um, and then they would come back and then they would go away. And I would have these moments where I was just like, you guys like wearing masks and like, it, you know what I mean? It was like the same way that you would in your first month of comedy where it's like, you don't know how to ask a normal fucking question. Um, but also the, the circumstances that we were doing this show under where it's like normal questions don't even work. You know, you can't just be like any, any anniversaries, you know, like what am I <laughs> I know anybody's relatives died about. this time last year. It was like just very strange. So what jokes I, did you do? Like, what was your subject matters? Did you just, did you do like, I would feel very weird doing personal stuff about like whatever family stuff. Like, I feel like I would have to talk about something at least somewhat politically like. I talked centered. about dating a white guy after dating a black guy. Um, I did that joke. I did, I talked about getting engaged and I talked about, um, like my dogs. 
and I talked about, you know, I tried to like keep it. Oh, and I did my dead sister joke. So like, I tried to just keep it personal, even if it wasn't highly political, because I felt like nobody wants to hear me talk about politics right now. But there's I something so I, funny though about you getting heckled midway through your dead sister. Be like, really? That's what you're talking about? <laughs> your dead sister? Yeah. But nobody's going to do that. No, nobody. I know. I know. But I like, know. <laughs> so I was just like, that's why I kind of went with it. Because I was like, you know, I, uh, I was like, they can either be on my side for this or, or not, but they're not going to like step on it. But also, here's the thing. It wasn't that kind of audience. It wasn't like a comedy club audience where it's the, even though they're there to watch comedy, the relationship between the comic and the audience is kind of contentious. It was, they were so happy to be there. And they were so happy to be watching comedy. And we were so happy to be doing it that it didn't feel like, it really didn't feel like you could bomb. Mm-hmm. It just felt like we're here to try to do comedy again. And we're so happy to be trying to do it again. It doesn't fucking matter to us if it goes well. And that was kind of, that was kind of my, that's how I felt, you know? I don't give a shit if I do well. I, I'm not going to do well after not being on stage for four months. Like, I, I still won't listen to that set. There's no fucking way I'll ever listen to that set, ever, in my life. Unless somebody's got a gun to my head. I'm not going to listen to that set, but I, I remember it so well because getting off stage, I was just like shaking and I was so happy. And then I fell into a very deep depression immediately afterwards. Cause I was so like, great if you, if you're like, yo, Che, I'm going to set up three cameras. And I think about making this like a mini special for me. I know I'm the only <laughs> white person on the set, but <laughs> Rosebud Baker live from the Black Lives Matter. Can you imagine? Ugh. No, but that's like so. I mean, I honestly like not to get cheesy, but when you were describing that and how they were there for you, I literally was getting emotional thinking about like, oh, it is kind of important to laugh and to like, God, it brings people together way more than like, yeah, screaming at each other. And it's just such a way to like, I don't know, man. I, I miss it. I'm doing it in like a month from now, um, indoors. So I'll probably, you know, kill a few people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's like I'm doing it in Nashville, and uh, yeah, and I'm so insanely excited. I'm so scared. I was watching you before you were getting up on there, and I was, I felt so like fear for you but also like i mean it was just me projecting my own shit but um but like what you said like because it's been four months there is no um there isn't there shouldn't be pressure on yourself and if anything in a way i feel like this whole thing with the pandemic and everything i'm gonna take more risk you know because it's like who gives a fuck like i could survive without stand-up I know that. So I'm going to fucking do more what I want to do on stage. I guess that, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's like the desire. Here's the thing. The desire to kill 
is just as strong, but you don't have the, you don't have the same tools. I mean, you have them, but they're kind of like, they're like buried a little bit. So it's like trying to grapple with that while also just being like, okay, just breathe and like get through the set and do what you got to do. It's tough to, for me, it was tough to like balance those two things where it's like being gentle with myself because I don't know really what I'm doing anymore. Um, and also just the desire to be like right back to where I, where I was is it's just like, you got to let go of one of them because yeah. otherwise it's, you're going to feel like, I don't know what happened. I don't, but that really is how everybody felt. We were all just like, ah, I mean, it felt so good, but it was like, ah. There's such a bonding experience in that, for sure, that yeah. you have that memory. Like, who knows if they're going to do another show there, but that that was special. They are. Man. They are? Okay, so it's not that special. Never mind. Um, yeah. I take it back. Yeah. Have you been running yeah. any sets in the shower to yourself? No. I've been running my sets on these. I've been doing Zoom shows for people in rehab. That's what I've been doing for real. Like I, every other day, pretty much, or like at least twice a week, I do uh, these zoom shows for rehab centers where like the people are there and they're just like, they don't want to hear anything, but they do have like a dark sense of humor because they've, they're all in rehab. So I've been doing those shows and that is, those shows are the only reason I was able to get through that show. Because I was like, I've been running jokes, but I've always had a notebook next to me. So it's tough, dude. It's very, yeah. um, it's very weird to like come back from this. Yeah. I mean. But you God, I get, missed it. Yeah. I know. It was awesome to see that. It, it was, it, hopefully, you know, I can't. I, I don't want to live in a world where we hear car honks instead of laughter because Ugh. who even likes a car honk? I mean, that it's like the worst sound. If you could think of something that makes you feel the opposite of the way laughter makes you feel. <laughs> Literally it's a car honk. The sound car honk is when <laughs> that is the sound of when you, no one wants to, everyone hated what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you play on the radio when somebody bombs. <laughs> so hopefully um, you got engaged, um, <laughs> which is <laughs> so funny. Um, do you want to bring Andy over and we'll end with you guys just like talking shit to each sure. other? Sure. Sure. Andy. Andy. I, don't know. I guess you could give him one headphone or something. Andy. Hold on a second. Andy! This is showing how big your apartment is. Like, yeah, we just live in a studio. You're like, Andy, Andy! You can hear an echo. Andy! He's actually just like right across the room. Yeah. He's ignoring me. He's just deaf. Um, do you want to take a headphone? Sure. I don't know if you can hear both of us. Yeah, I so can. Let me know. He, can he sit by you? Yeah, can you, can you sit by me? Come sit. Yeah, no, no, why don't you scoot over so we have the mic on the seat? Oh, this way? 
Yeah, don't fight, guys. Don't fight. Stop fighting with me. Oh, my God. Look at this brother and sister. <laughs> Dude, your kids are going to look. They're going to be like, oh, my God, you look so much like both of them. <laughs> I know. Andy, you look cool as shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting younger. You do look younger. You have like a like a very like uh, Ryan Gosling thing going, where he drives that motorcycle and then like didn't he kill? On the pines. Yeah. yeah, is that what you're going for? Did you give that? Did you put that picture up when you were like going for your look? I just wanted to be cool, and so I just started researching what the teens were doing. You know. <laughs> yeah, he was. I came. I came over one day, and he was just researching. He was googling what are the teens doing. Yeah. And I thought it's, it was, I thought it was a porn search. Dude, it's so like, funny you say that. Wait a second, let me, oh my God. Fuck, where's the hat? He gets out, he gets out a pile of kitty porn. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was, there was a kid on TikTok. Teen in the bed. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah, come out, Angela. <laughs> what? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I can't find the hat. Fuck. Anyhow. Sorry. No, there was a teenager on TikTok wearing like a yellow dad hat and and my brother had a yellow dad hat and I was like, hell yeah, dude. I'm going to look cool That's as fuck. Andy wears. I put it on. I just look like an old man by the pool with just yeah. his feet in, you know? And, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't really worth it. Why are you not as coach tennis? Why is Andy not as loud as you? I'm sorry. Because her microphone is on her ear. Oh, shit. You know what we should do? We should change. Let's do this. I don't know what happened. Andy was like telling me to do. Uh... She's going to blame this on me. That's so fucked. She did all of this on her own. Well, you know, if you could get through this, you guys could get through anything. Fuck. I could hear you. If we can get through this, we can get through anything. Okay, here. Um, so, I don't think you can hear Andy. I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, you can hear me. I can hear you like that. Yeah, just keep your Siamese heads together. Is that what That's it's called? That's embarrassing. Why? Is that, a, yeah. is that a, a slur? No, it's embarrassing to be like this oh, in oh. the fucking Zoom interview. Why is it called Siamese heads? Siamese no, twins. No, do not try anything. Do not. Okay. I think we will get through this, though. I think we're going to be fine. Yeah, no. I'm always trying to, like, solve the technological disorder, you know, whatever it is that's happening with any of our, like, live streams or interviews and things like that. And Rosebud has no idea, but she just doesn't try anything. And then if I try anything and it doesn't go right, she's just like... You fucking idiot! Why don't yeah. You yeah, and then you won't try again. Wrong. You don't try again in the future because, you know, she fucking beats the shit out of you every time. And so then, like, why even try anything ever again? No, he keeps trying. Whenever she's mean to me, I follow a 24-year-old on Instagram. So. Yeah. And then afterwards at night when he's sleeping, I go on his phone and I unfollow them. And then follow a 23-year-old. 24. I mean, that's kind of nice. That's only 10 years younger than you. 
Oh my god. Thirteen. Wait, don't say that. No one knows Rosebud's age. She keeps it ageless, but I guess No. I'm thirty seven. Oh, got you. Got you. What um do you follow any Instagram models for real? And how do you feel about if he likes a picture, Rosebud? Well, she's unfollowed all of the ones she can find. I, I had a period of time where I followed like every like um kind of like Soho Williamsburgy kind of wayfish model. Like not your not like Instagram booty models, you know, like a girl that listens to like Joni Mitchell on a record player. Here's the problem with that, Andy, and I can see why Rosebud might get more angry at that. You could date a girl like that. She'd rather you probably follow the insane big ass, big titties, tattooed out, because they wouldn't want to fuck you as much as like some yeah. kind of fake poet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some bird woman. Some woman with a bird chest. That's yeah. You don't want to. That's, that's, that, that's all Andy follows is the hashtag bird chest, where they got that concave. Yeah, it's titties. just a woman. It's a woman like posing with like a very low cut shirt, but there's nothing to really show off. But she's like standing in front of a bookshelf, sipping matcha. Yeah, I follow um, both of the um, stars of Normal People on Hulu. I'm surprised she hasn't unfollowed me from Marianne yet. Kind of. that, I mean, you could go to jail for even trying with her, so I don't. I almost want you to fucking. She's DMs. <laughs> How old is she? I I love that show, by the way. Just like any other. Um, I think she's twenty or twenty-one. She's very young. That show, the sex scenes in that show made me feel a little icky. Um, yeah. When you could they like hear. Like they feel like icky, like daytime casual sex. A lot of the scenes in that show. It's too you quiet. Can just, it's you too could quiet. hear the. You could hear the. Yeah. Just that little. The genitals. <laughs> the genitals. You can, if you could hear them smacking, just that. Yeah. You know, just the yeah. balls hitting the under the pussy kind of thing. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> It was, it was a great a show, though, dude. But I, it was hot. We fucking watched all of that in one night and then uh, banged it out, banged it out yeah. and then watched the sunrise on our roof. Like, it, I know. it turned us it, into teens. I could see how if, if I had a girlfriend or anyone talking to me, that could happen. Um, <laughs> no, but, like, I, I found his character very annoying, though, towards the end of it. He kind of... <laughs> When he didn't say certain things and he stayed quiet, it felt forced. I don't know. It made me angry. It made me angry when he didn't speak up. But It, it really, really made me angry, like, in a place that resonated with me when he wouldn't live with her for the summer. Oh. I was so mad. Because all it took was say, hey, do you want – I don't want to break up. Like, it, it felt – that didn't feel authentic to me. That made me – that didn't piss me off. Um it Not didn't quite. feel authentic to you? It didn't. Yeah, I actually And did it feel it, authentic to you? It felt authentic to me because I had moments in Young Love where I botched them out of, like, weird just withholding, where I'd be like, you know, I just wouldn't say something and then an entire summer would be ruined. <laughs> Why do girls... I've... I, 
I tried this before a couple times on dates to be the quiet, like cool guy, but I don't. <laughs> just comes off as a guy that you watched not... Drive right before it. You were like, "This is it." This, Dude, is, this is who I am now. I've been on dates where you know less is more. They like the cool guy that's not interested, but then it's also like you're like that's not who you are. I could kind of tell that you're a babbling dickhead. Like, stop trying to be the. But why are women attracted to that? Can you tell when a guy's authentically like just a quiet, shy guy that I got to well, bring? Well, it's the out? same for the same reason that guys are attracted to like like women that don't share their opinions. It's like you get to make them up in your head. Also, you don't, think, you don't, you're not dealing with the actual person. You're dealing with like everything you're projecting onto them. And it's like, that is a move to like, not say what you think or what you feel. It's like such a move on certain people's parts. Cause you're allowing somebody to just turn you into whatever they want you to be. So when he's giving you like a look, like, you know, that like, yeah. Like, in your mind, you're like, wow, he really is thinking he wants to fuck me and that I'm the best. But really, he's just, like, thinking about, like, looking at Auto Trader and seeing, like, a new cool car coming up. Mm -hmm. But it's whatever. Yeah. He's, like, yeah. thinking how many payments he would have to make. <laughs> to get that Camaro. He, before yeah. he gets that Camaro. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, I think, yeah, that's, like, the, that's the appeal of those guys. For I think, sure. I think also both both sexes are attracted to somebody who doesn't like them a ton outwardly you know like i think i think guys are a little bit more like need a little bit more hand-holding but women i think i've found that if you don't like them like right off the bat and don't pursue them for some reason that's really attractive because i think yeah. we all want i think we all want uh little assignments little journeys i think it's that i think it's that they you never have to be worried about getting bored because you're constantly in pursuit like if you're with you somebody feel like that happened between you two no no we were fucking drug addicts yeah <laughs> we were just like immediately like let's fucking do this we were like having sex multiple times a day and i think on like the eighth time or something like while having sex we said i love you yeah it was like it was actually insane i i looked at andy and was like i think i'm in fucking love with you while you're having sex <laughs> yeah who was on top she was we were actually right here we were like doing like a kind of a that's enough we don't need then nobody needs to know that it was some kind Is of kama sutra light you should recreate that on your wedding day <laughs> <laughs> um, in front of everyone, in front of the church. That when did you know? When he was inside the church. Me. Yeah, the I don't church, know. Andrew Rosebud's not allowed in a church. We're not going in a church. It'll <laughs> fucking burst into flames. Yeah, Rosebud so, walked into a church. Uh, it, they would start organ music would start playing. <laughs> it's hard to not say I love you back in that scenario. That was a good move by Rosebud because it's like, do you want to come? Because you're not going to come. <laughs> Unless you say it back, yeah. I can stop riding. I can stop riding. I actually didn't. I didn't even think about it. Like it just came out of my mouth, and I was like, "Whoops!" And um, I'm glad he did say it back because it would have ruined it for sure. I love you guys together, and I don't usually say uh, that 
or think that, especially about comedian couples, because it also, but there's, 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 uh, there's something beautiful about how mean you guys are to each other. And it, <laughs> and it, and it comes from such a deep, uh, narcissistic love for, uh, your, like, uh, yourselves, like for how much <laughs> you care about, but it like, like how much you care about what you think and how important you are, but then you guys come together like a transformer to like, I don't know what it is. It's, I, I didn't really explain it well. We could put it in the John Stewart uh, translator. Possibly the worst explanation. No, I liked it. I got it. It started. I, at all. I don't started. understand what he just said. Can you explain to me what he just said? Well, I think it, it, he didn't exactly say this, but I think that there's something about we are both somewhat narcissistic people. And, um, because of that, our love works very well because we like the kind of like game of like. You have like one very long hair growing out of your face that okay. you missed. So and it looks like a witch's, like a being, witch's whisker. You grow hairs out of a mole, right? <laughs> this is my point, And that mole is called your pussy. Uh, so my, my, <laughs> point, my point is this. And okay, so you're both self-deprecating, right? But so when the other person is making fun of them, that means you're acknowledging something about that person. So then you're actually seeing them and you're being present with the other person. And it's a joke. Like if you make fun of me for something that I don't even see, but then I see, then you allow me to see it. God, that's a great, that's a beautiful thing. I, and yeah. I think you guys do that well. You compliment each other by tearing each other down is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Like last week I told Rosebud that she looked like a bartender at a lake bar. <laughs> like a floating yeah. bar like one of the floating ones just any kind of any kind of poconos ozarks any kind of kind of working class lake resort rosebud is bartending and she yeah. is i told andy he looks like a puppet bird yeah like oh, a mer like that. a you know what i mean it's just like he was he was up in this balcony talking shit and he just looked like a fucking eagle yeah. He he looks like the bird that would be at the lake bar in the cage, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, I'm and, actually my my biological father is actually the eagle from Sesame Street. Yeah. So. I like to just throw breadcrumbs at him when we're fighting. And your mother was the bartender at the bar. That <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. don't touch the bird. I it it I don't know. <laughs> so the, I, I I do feel like I do feel like that that's <laughs> I, I'm jealous, like, because that's what I want, I think. But is there times where you guys make fun of each other and then later on in the day you're like, wait, that actually hurt? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't come later on in the day. It <laughs> happens right there. It happens right then. And I, it'll, and it's usually me. I have, I'll, I'll like, all of a sudden, I'll just be like, I don't like this fucking game anymore. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm on too much of a roll, she pulls out her trump card, which is, you're hurting my feelings and I don't like this. And then I go, oh shit. But here's the thing is because Andy is not, like he'll be, ro he'll be roasting, but he means it. Yeah. And so it just gets really mean. Yeah. Like it'll not, it'll go away from funny. Yeah. And I'll be like, this isn't funny anymore. I'll be like, that's why your sister died. And then just. Exactly. Well, and I'll be like, what are you, <laughs> we were having hey. fun. Yeah, like, unless you tag that, I don't want to hear it. 
Like, like. <laughs> Why are you? What? Yeah, yeah. So it's funny that get... like, if the joke was just better, Andy, she could well, take just, it. I'm, exactly. I'm a bad roaster in that I get, I, I take it personally, and then I will go for blood. Like, I'm yeah. really bad at that. Even in my professional roasting, I would just be like. They're landing too many punches. And then I'd be like, is this why you tried to kill yourself in college? And everybody's like, what the fuck? (laughs) First of all, how do you know that? (laughs) Why are you just telling sad facts? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a weird insecurity thing, but it also, I. I He'll be like, here's the thing. He loves that. He loves that he has a funny wife. Okay. He loves that until. I say something funnier than something that he just said. And oh. then he'll be like, That's not true. What? And, he, and then he'll be like, This is why your sister died. And That's I'm like, What? Well, I didn't drown my sister. And he's like, Well, you could have with your words. No, that's none of this is true. All of this is true. Get real closer facts. to it's the ear. When you, when you yell at her, true. none of this is true. <laughs> I'm happy that I have a funny wife. I, I love that she's funny. Okay? <laughs> Stop. Don't try to. It's just that sometimes she's too good and I'm too tired. <laughs> the bell of the ball. And I have to go out and be an essential worker, so I don't always have my points on. <laughs> This is actually, I know he's using the microphone, but this is actually what he does sometimes. When when he gets mad at me, he'll get right up into my ear and he'll look at my ear and tell me that I'm rotten. Yeah. <laughs> what, like he's seen inside your brain? Like he's looking through your ear. Yeah, and he'll just, just get you. into my ear and he'll, he'll be like, you're rotten. You're Dude. rotten. You're a rotten egg. You're compost. <laughs> you're dirt. <laughs> See? <laughs> How, how turned on are you right now? <laughs> it actually does. I, I'll, I'll be honest, my pussy twitched a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime a white girl hears compost, their pussy gets fucking yeah. buzzing. Tell me though. I'm topsoil. <laughs> so anyways, you guys are getting married. You got engaged. Do you feel like if without quarantine, without the pandemic, you would have been, you would have got engaged, but how much longer do you think um, you would have waited. I mean, it expedited everything, right? Or maybe not with you two fucking weirdos. No. I just think we'd probably be in a more um, earlier part of our relationship. Like, yeah. It just fast forwarded everything because it made us like fights that we should have had around like a year. We had it like six months because yeah. all of a sudden we just had been locked in a room. We really were going on what? three months this week oh it's already three months it's been three months and i feel like it's been relationship wise it's fast forwarded us like three years yeah it feels like i shouldn't have known everything that i know about andy now i shouldn't have known it likewise and um yeah it's uh it's been a rough time but it's also like i feel like like he got home from work yesterday and i don't know what I, I just felt like climbing on his neck and I just, and, and then we like walked around the house and trying to scare the dogs you know, as like, like as like, a, as like a big person. So we just chased the dogs around she was sitting on my shoulder. and it was like, um, I was like, okay, well we're still like, even though I, 
sometimes I'll look at his face and I hate him. I, I, we still have fun and I'm not like, and it's, that's what I wanted. Yeah. Like that's everything that I wanted from a relationship is like somebody that I could be like, I, I can look in their eyes and be like, I fucking hate you and have them laugh at me. And so that is, uh, that's, it's good. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm with you. And I, I think almost every relationship, if you're going to get married, you should have to go through fucking boot camp like this. It feels like it's a boot camp. Yes. Like that yeah, you guys were does. getting ready for war. And instead of war, it's spending your life together. Uh, right. Which is worse. But um, it's, no, worse. But <laughs> it's worse it's than war. Worse. Yeah. It's like, yeah. but no, but I, I do think that like, I mean, it's the complete opposite of 90 day fiance. Well, it's actually kind of like 90 day fiance once they fly yeah. over. But uh, no, I just think that like couples should have to go through that shit because you know what you're getting into. Like, you know, you know, when he smells on a Tuesday because he took a shit and uh, in his hands and wiped it on your face when you were sleeping. Which is something that really happened. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I want to tell on her so bad for something that she's been doing to me, but I'm not. Right, well, well, do it, do it. We'll end on that. Come on. You can't leave a cliffhanger. We're comics. Let them do it, Rosebud. You're such a fucking cunt. I can't do it. You're no, you can't. Cunt. This is worse. What you're doing right now to me is I'm fucking not going to marry you, bitch. All right, fine. Tell him. Yes. She, um, She's been doing this fun thing where she sticks a finger inside of herself while I'm not looking. I'll be in bed watching TV, and then she will wipe it on my nose. Inside your butt or your pussy? In your butt or your pussy? She, 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 uh, what's that called? Dirty, dirty, (laughs) dirty Sanchez. She dirty Sanchez is me with her pussy juice. Well, this was a great show. Where can they find you? I just want all the women that are listening to this to know that this is one of the funniest things you can do. Yeah. If you want to make yourself laugh, you stick your finger in your pussy and then you wipe it on your husband, boyfriend, partner's nose and just watch what happens. Just watch what happens to them. It's, it's the funniest thing. Because it takes a minute. Ever, it takes a second to be before, like. And I, all of a sudden, I just did it the other night, and I was like, this is hilarious. And, I'm, and I've been doing it ever since. It's a good joke. And also, it half turns me on. And also, I think it's a good test. If you are dating a guy and you really want to see if he's cool, do that to him. Because I think it's funny as fuck. It is funny. And the guy goes like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's not a cool guy. That guy needs to be- A hundred percent. And I definitely don't think that didn't go through my head the first time I did it. I was like, if he reacts like a piece of shit to this, I'm, that tells me a lot. Okay, what if he, can he do it back to you? Can he put his finger in his asshole and throw it on you? He did it last <laughs> night back to me. But I didn't do asshole. You just did grundle? Um, I just, penis sweat kind of area, just dick sweat. Oh, yeah. You just wiped his dick sweat on that's, me. That's why I fucking, that's why I think you guys are perfect for each other. Yeah. We're going to be great parents. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you can yeah. handle your own juice on each other's face, you're going to be able to change a diaper for sure. Andy said it really perfectly. He was like, when people see us together, they don't think it's a couple. They're like, wow, that brother and sister really like each other. Yeah. I wonder if that brother and sister still fuck. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that brother and sister seem like they might be fucking. You can't get STDs if it's the same blood. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, also, you're on the same insurance plan. So it's like actually kind of convenient. You, you, you still have the same primary care doctor. Yeah, you can just make a double appointment. Mom, yeah. can you call Dr. Kowalski and tell him that we both need an appointment? <laughs> <laughs> this is well, fucked. I can't wait for the wedding. You guys fucking are awesome. I love you guys dearly. Um, we love you too. You both Andrew, are will you, some... Will you bring like a complete uh, bimbo to our wedding? Like an embarrassingly bimbo-ish girl? Yeah. I got one in mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got one. Yeah, I can. I could try. Hopefully by then I'll, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. If you this send date. us her picture, we'll send you a plus one. Okay, cool. All right. Oh, that's a awesome. good deal. Um, I'm excited for the wedding. You both are incredible comics. If you don't know who they are, uh, one is Andy Haynes and the other is his girlfriend. Um <laughs> You're fucking sick. I miss you. You're fucking that's a, sick. That's a great Blair you. impression. I miss you guys too. And I'm going to be back in the city, you know, once the pandemic and protesting's over and, you know, um, you know. You left because of the protesting? Unbelievable. It felt she personal. It felt personal. <laughs> they attacked a top golf. I'm leaving the city. <laughs> Don't go after the second level. That's a top golf joke. Uh, okay. Uh, Rosebud Baker on Instagram. Oh, what's the name of your guys' podcast? It's so funny. It's called Find know. Your Beach. Find Your Beach. They started in quarantine. They're both hilarious. And also, my podcast, Devil's Advocate. Yes. And, uh... <laughs> God damn it. We're going to have to move Finder Beach over to ATC. I know. All right. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Everybody now puddles, puddles. Everybody get up because you get down. If you're getting too close, you know you're getting wet. If you're getting too close, you know you're getting wet. You're standing in deep, you're getting real wet. You ain't that deep because you're kind of shallow. Shallow in the brain and shallow in your heart. You'll never get that deep inside the water, girl. You'll never get that deep. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, 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 everybody now puddles, puddles. Everybody get up because you get down. And you know, when you're standing in the puddle, you don't know where to go because you're so deep, you don't know what to do. I don't know what to say, I don't know how wet I am because I'm so wet. That's who I am. I'm so wet, wet, I'm so wet. I'm so wet, I'm so, so, so wet. Now come on in. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, 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 puddles.
up because you get down and then everyone will come over here. Yes, I. Mm, not bad.